0: Week we had the opportunity to reflect on the soul of Christ. The soul of Christ is a created soul, a created human soul, and that our desire is that His soul would sanctify us, to make us whole, to make us complete. That we would be able to say someday that it is no longer Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me for his soul has completely overtaken mine. This evening we move straight on to the very second line of this beautiful prayer, the Anima Christi. It immediately calls out the body, body of Christ, save me. And in this we see the deep unity of body and soul, the deep unity of who we are as persons. Last week we talked about well, what is the definition of a person. An individual substance of a rational nature having mind power, will power and free choice. And in many ways we covered the second half of that definition last week. And this week we move to the individual substance matter, the corporal, the the physical part of who we are, the visible part of who we are. And so we want to speak of the nobility of the body, the, the goodness of the body, and then how the body and soul work together. And then what does it mean when we say, body of Christ, save me, save me. Before we go any further, I'd like to bring our attention to this reality of we want to be sanctified, we want to be saved. And so we look to the Lord in his mercy and his goodness. And there's that beautiful prayer we pray at every Mass after the Our Father, shortly after the Our Father. Lord, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And it's so important as we approach the Lord for justification, for salvation, to be saved. That we keep this in mind, because as we reflected last week, the Lord desires to see and acknowledge and to allow us to live in our goodness. And so that prayer is so true, that prayer that we pray as a church. Lord, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church as we come before you seeking sanctification and seeking to be saved, and as we'll talk at the end of the evening, seeking to be inebriated by the very blood of Christ, remember the goodness in which you've created us. And that's our starting point tonight, is your goodness, because God has created you. You have a created soul, a created body, you are a created human person. One made in the image and likeness of God. And when we speak of the body, we have to recognize its nobility, its goodness, its beauty. There's so many voices around us that want to desecrate the body, that want to say that it's not good, that it's bad, or that it's not good enough. And we have to throw this out and lift up this beautiful gift that God loves so much. Our flesh and blood. Mother Mary Francis says this. She said our bodies are so noble. Our bodies are so noble. The infamous carnal sinners of history are not those who loved their bodies too much, but those who loved their bodies too little. The infamous carnal sinners of history are not those who loved their bodies too much. Oftentimes we think that, don't we? But those who loved their bodies too little. She goes on to say, They are those who failed to respect or perhaps even to understand the dignity of that masterpiece of the Father, the human body. It is a creation so marvelous that the Father did not hesitate to give it to His own divine, eternal, infinite, all-comprehensive expression of Himself in the incarnation of the Son. How much does God see the body as noble, the human body? So much so that He decided that the divinity... Would be united to it fully. I was thinking about this this week as I was reading this and rereading it and rereading it, and this reality kept moving my heart that our human nature shares in the Trinity now. That's how much God honors and recognizes how good our bodies are. That a human created body that is the body of Jesus Christ is part of the Trinity. Is part of God now. That's how noble your body is. And the human body is now part of the divine life. It's been brought in To the very mystery of the Trinity. I don't even know how to expound on it. But the thought of that mystery. Is moving. It makes me realize. How beautiful I am. How beautiful you are. How good we are. Physically and spiritually. Because we can get stuck on the soul of Christ, sanctify me part, right? And just think that we're meant to be saved spiritually. Just our soul is meant to be saved. And as we'll see, and as we know, and as we believe, He desires to save all of you, all of us, all that we are, <laughs> body and soul. He wants to save the fullness of who you are as a human person. And, and it really, it, it ought to make us, right, look at Christ and say thank you. Because He is the one person who shows us the truth that we are good and true and beautiful in His image. There's oftentimes others that aren't, aren't, aren't saying that to us or showing us that, right? Or we aren't doing it, saying it to ourselves, right? We have all these other expectations of our bodies. We expect them to be able to always be able to walk up a long flight of stairs. At some point, they're not able. <laughs> we expect our bodies to, you know, somehow avoid sickness. At some point, they're not going to be able to. So we can get frustrated with our bodies. And all the other things that we think of that that make them so incapable. And yet the Lord says, no, it's so capable, it's so noble that I bring it into eternity. A physical, created body into eternity and into the eternity of the Trinity. It continues further in the chapter. A lowly estimate of our bodies results in our becoming prey to all manners of sin. It's true, isn't it? A lowly estimate of our bodies results us in becoming prey to all manners of sin. When we have a low estimate of our body, it causes all sorts of things from sloth to gluttony, right, to despair. She says, when we consider the body only a necessary... so that the soul can get about, we do our body a great dishonor. Conversely, when we hold the body as supreme, we likewise do it a great injustice, and so again, a dishonor. Body and soul are so correlated, coordinated from the act of creation onward, both will endure. This is the beauty of our Christian belief. Both will endure. True, the human body will fall into dust in the burial vault, but it will be resurrected in glory for eternity. We shall have glorified bodies in eternity. We shall not be disembodied spirits. It's so important to remember this because we can think of our eternity as just a spiritual thing, right? But in the resurrection, in the fullness of eternity, we're going to be physical too. Often, it's one of those mysteries that I... I sit and ponder, like, what's that going to be like? <laughs> it's this reality that, I, that, that stairs or health or illness or anything like that is not going to prohibit the body anymore. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be this whole different lived reality, this whole different animated experience, as we talked about last week. Yeah? We hope to see there... The Jesus who shows to his Father the glorified wounds of his human body. Isn't that beautiful? Do you ever imagine Jesus going to God the Father and saying, Here's my body, given up for them, for this person, and presenting his wounds to God the Father in the great mystery of the Trinity? A beautiful thing to imagine that when you stand there someday. Jesus stands there on your behalf knowing your goodness and your love and saying here's my body given up for her. Here's my body given up for him. Jesus shows us the beauty of the body and by his very resurrection it's so important that we understand the created body as something noble and good. Now yes, we have to face the reality of the breakdown of the body and Mother reflects on this. It's really beautiful. The body is ordained for ultimate glorification, and the very act of its decay in the tomb is the fulfillment of the penitential curse laid upon it in Eden. One might say that decomposition is the protest of the body at being temporarily parted from the soul, a protest appropriate in its very horror for manifesting what such a disassociation really is. That the body and soul are meant to be together. When the body is disassociated from the soul, it does deteriorate. But our belief that the body of Christ can save us is the belief that the body, the resurrected body of of Christ can bring our body to salvation. This is one of the greatest Christian mysteries and it's, it's also one that I think is oftentimes we... We don't maybe really believe sometimes. It's very clear in the creed, it's very clear in, in the Bible, it's very clear in our understanding that this is what we believe is going to happen. So how do I look at the body now? Do I look at it in the same way and the concern as I do with my soul? Even though it's going to deteriorate in a state of sin. <laughs> in this earthly state. The body, just as beautiful as the soul. She said, we recognize the horror of the grave easily enough. Do we likewise recognize the horrors we create in life when we do not allow the body to act with the soul and to be served by the soul and in its turn to serve the soul? Here now we talk about the unity of the body and soul, and how they work together. She gets into some pretty practical things, and it's very true, but it's always good for us to reflect on. And in a particular way, I think in the Lenten season, because we're focused on it in many ways, many of us, in our fastings, in our, our, our physical sacrifices that many of us make in this, this, in this time. She says, when the body has desires that go beyond what the soul, that animating principle of the body, knows to be rightful boundaries, it must must be admonished by the soul, by the mind. So the soul has to admonish the body, right? It has to like hold it in check because the body is crying out for all sorts of things all the time. She gets into a little bit of that. If the body desires more food than it needs, it has to be persuaded by the soul to curb those desires. Or if the body seeks repose that extends beyond, perhaps even far beyond what is sufficient, into self-indulgent sloth, it must be admonished and disciplined. This is where my soul needs to help my body out more times, (laughs) often in my life. The body's going, I'm just going to be a little more lazy (laughs) for a little bit longer. And the soul has to go, no, you don't need that right now. And there's this beautiful honesty between body and soul that has to start to happen. Because the body is going to cry out in the same temptation in another way too to the soul. We'll see that. She says, however, as the soul directs, educates and admonishes the body, so does the body need in its turn sometimes to admonish the spirit. So vice versa, the body sometimes has to speak to our our heart and soul. Our our body speaks to our intellect and our will. She says this, a tired body counsels the mind. This is where the body helps the soul out. A tired body counsels the mind. Stop working now. Let us rest together. Does your body ever say that? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the body goes, that's enough. Need to stop. She says, and we know what happens when the mind refuses to follow the direction of the body. The body's saying, we need to rest, but the mind doesn't allow it to. The body has to yell at the soul. And listen to her example. Most likely she spoke this in a conference to the sisters, and it's probably pretty relevant to a lot of us in this room, in this chapel, in this church. She says a very fatigued body can lie awake all night, long, all night long, because the mind says, "No, I will keep on thinking." When the body has said, "It's time to stop now and for us to go to sleep together," body and soul cannot sleep apart, as at least not in proper and healthful, co-functioning, right but The body and soul. Work together. Mike, can you shut that door? Thanks. And so, so important. So important that we recognize that the health of the body equals the health of the soul. The health of the soul equals the health of the body. That the wholeness of who we are is of health in mind and soul, or body and soul. There's a saying... um, In in Catholicism, and even probably outside of it, but that grace builds on nature. So where the nature is healthy, there grace can abound. The sanctifying action of the soul, the created soul of Christ in my soul, can abound more when I allow the body of Christ to help me out in my nature. And when those two are working together, it's very, very helpful. She gives some good examples of it as well. And it it is the simple example of if I plan to pray in the morning but I don't sleep all night the grace of that prayer I'm probably not going to be really attuned to intellectually and in my will my soul if my body's going <laughs> physically I'm exhausted because I haven't had rest for the physical part of it right? you can use that example I mean it ties into the spiritual life in terms of who we are that's the same if you're if you're going to work, if you need to study, if you have an interview you need to do, or you have a, a an important conversation you have to have with your spouse, your children. If your body's tired, wait. If your body is so tired and weak because you haven't eaten, you haven't slept, you haven't drank water, wait to pray. Now, fasting excluded. Fasting's a different thing, right? Okay? Fasting can lead us into prayer. So that's a little bit different. So I'm talking, I'm talking more about like busyness and just not taking care of yourself. If you're really going to enter into a deep part of prayer, you've got to just... I had a, a priest, Father Gabriel. Before we go into anything important, whether it was an important prayer time with people or a talk, or we were running to an emergency... He would always look at me because I was always like in a rush and I was a new priest and I was like, we got to go, we got to go. He would always stop me and say, Father, he's from Kenya, Father, eat a banana. (laughs) He was right. Sit down, take a breath, eat a banana, and then go. Because your soul will be more functioning that way because your body... It's part of it. They're not separate. They're one in you. They're one in you. Does it mean when we cry out then, Body of Christ, save me. Body of Christ, save me. Save us. Make us whole is what it means. Salvation is wholeness of life, just as sanity is wholeness of mind. There's a basic shared root, salvatus, saved, sanatus, made whole. We are saved when we are whole beyond any further assault. Christ was the perfect whole person, body and soul, working in perfect coordination. So we look to him, right? Again, and Christ was the perfect whole person, body and soul, working in perfect coordination. Really is the goal of the spiritual life. That our body and soul would be working in perfect coordination, both in their dignity, both in their beauty, both in their goodness, both in the created reality of your body and soul, of who you are as a person. It is His body that will save ours. So often unruly and disobedient to the incorporeal faculties, just as, it is, just as it is his animating principle alone that will sanctify ours, which we talked about last week, so it is to his body that we must turn when we are torn by temptation, racked by passion, weak in longer, dispirited with fatigue, when our bodily desires get out of hand just as much as Christ struggled right with the soul in his memory in his imagination and having to move his will in the in the created reality of his human soul so his human body experienced these things that we experience torn by temptation racked by passion dispirited with fatigue when our bodily desires get out of hand. We cannot use ourselves as a psychological punching bag. We cannot order ourselves about with a get in line there, body. She's so good. Rather, we need humbly to pray. Body of Christ's me." And here again we see the dependence upon Christ. How often do we try to overcome our bodily sins, if you will? Our bodily weakness? Whatever they may be. Those things in body, if you will, that we really struggle with, or we're driven toward. How often do we try to get ourselves in line? Thinking, if I just get in line bodily, if I get a handle on this, Whatever it may be, a weakness, an addiction, a struggle, a temptation, if I can just get a handle on this, then Jesus can help me, or Jesus is going to be loving me more, or I can move myself towards being like Christ. Again, like last week, stop. Body of Christ, save me. It's not body of Ryan, save me. Body of Christ, save me. Body of Christ, save me from the things that don't make me whole physically. Save me from the things that break me down in the goodness that I am. Body of Christ, restore me fully as a person. She concludes this chapter with a beautiful paragraph. The reality is, when we say "Body of Christ, save me," what do we think of when we say "Body of Christ"? And she admits that, almost admittedly, we, we move directly as Catholics, in particular, to the Blessed Sacrament because we hear it. We come to Communion, right? Body of Christ, Amen. Body of Christ, Amen. And we sit here tonight in the presence of the Lord physically present, in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We'd move towards this right away. But she really brings a a fuller picture of what we mean when we say body of Christ and how the body of Christ can work to save us. He will save us if we know that we need salvation and cry out for it. We can allow our bodies their beautiful fulfillment in God's plan through a frequent turning to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, but also through daily reflection on Christ's human nature as we see it in the Gospels. We shall be saved and shall be saving agents to one another, not of ourselves, but of Christ who truly dwells within us bodily at Holy Communion, who presents himself to us through the Scriptures, but who is also present in those around us as the incarnate Word of God, the firstborn of all creation. In this sentence, we see the beauty of the body of Christ. And we need all the elements of the body of Christ to help save us. And it's through the fullness of the body of Christ that Jesus truly does work on saving us, making us whole. But we have to allow the body of Christ to help us To save us truly. What is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is the sacrament. The body of Christ is contained in the Holy Scriptures. The body of Christ is the church. You and me. Allow the body of Christ to help you. by Coming before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and receiving Him in the Holy Communion. Allow the body of Christ to help you by letting His Word move your soul to help your body. Be in the Scriptures. Be in the Gospels in particular. Watch how Jesus acts. Watch how He speaks. Watch how He reaches out and touches. Watch what He does with His body when He offers it up on Good Friday. Watch the body of Christ on Easter And the body of Christ will help you, will save you. Allow yourself the help of the body of Christ that is the church. Others around you. Your friends, your spouses, your children, your co-workers. Your fellow parishioners, the person sitting in front of you, behind you, beside you. When we say body of Christ, save me. That includes one another. Be saved by the grace of Christ through the other. And do that as well. In the Mass, we recognize the presence of Christ in four places. In the Eucharist, in the Word, in the Assembly, and in the priest. The priest is sacramentally considered the head of the body. Allow priests to help you. Even in their weakness. The priest is part of the body of Christ. And through the sacraments, through more than anything, and this is the key, is when we allow the body of Christ in the priest to save us, that is through the sacraments primarily. Don't look to the priest so much for his words or his counsel. And they're, they're important. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're horrible. <laughs> look to the priest as a member of the body of Christ. As you cry out, body of Christ, save me. To give you the grace of the sacraments because it's through his body, through his hands that the body of Christ reaches out to you to save you in the Eucharist, in your baptism, in confirmation, in the confessional, when you're sick or when you're dying. When you say, body of Christ, save me, when you pray this prayer, it's because he wants to make you whole in the resurrection and that his body really wants to reach out sacramentally through the church that is you, us, and through the Word. Mother reflects so beautifully on this in this chapter. My hope was to get through two chapters a week. But you know me. <laughs> and also I, w- I want to allow the Lord to, to move this. And so I had a plan for chapter 3, which is Blood of Christ, inebriate Me. But we'll wait on it. It's a really beautiful chapter. A super, for me, exciting chapter. As I read it, I think, three times this week, and in particular in Adoration this morning. I, I couldn't help but kind of move to the edge of my seat. Because it's such a beautiful prayer. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Because it speaks of that full animation of the possibility that we can do the impossible. That which is far beyond us if we're inebriated by the blood of Christ. It's the most holy and beautiful explanation of that word that I've ever seen. And it's so pure and good where she brings it. And so I'll look to that next week. Um, I thought I could get through both this week. And so be prepared for it. That What Christ wants to do with us then is really truly bring us to another level body and soul. To inebriate us and bring us to possibilities that we didn't think were possible. And to a courage and an animation that's, that's beyond our normal self, if you will. And it's, it's such a beautiful possibility. It's really about how we bear witness with our body and soul to this beautiful mystery and that we're capable of it if we allow Christ to do it in us. And so we pray. We pray that the soul of Christ may sanctify us, the body of Christ save us. Allow it to be Christ. And when you pray this prayer, remember those words, soul of Christ, body of Christ. Sanctify me and save me. Repeating this prayer over and over can be a big help because it breaks us from the soul of Ryan, save yourself. Body of Ryan, save yourself. It has to be a surrender.